that certainly didn't go to Gorquad on the left. Amble was so clever, so good. And Murphy is it. What a goal. What a blues. The young and the old together. The ground and there it is. Paulson, McGovern again. Oh, yes. This to give Carlton the lead. They're in front. The Blue Boys. Stopping and dropping. Betts gets in and the table the end is gone. And you can put down the glasses. It's an amigo. It's an amigo that will finish it off. Kick it, Jeffrey. He does. Carlton are on their way to Sydney. G'day Blue Baggers and welcome to the second episode of the Blues Footy Podcast. It's your host Jed Zetzer here alongside a fellow Blue Bagger in Harrison Harmon's Bolt. How bloody good was that? Zoot. Oh, Zoot. Inject it, that into my veins. It's taken me three takes here to record the intro. I'm just, I'm shaking. Excitement. We're recording straight off the bat after the game. So this is going to be as raw as anything. Bolt, just... Talk to us about that match. Oh, well, okay. Let me just collect myself here. The first three quarters were as good as we've played for a very, very long time. Oh, they was... The first half, I think they had 55 marks at half time. They controlled the ball. They can... The game was say, on our turn. Control. Control. That's the word. We controlled the game. And I haven't seen us control a game no. for a very long time. Against a top team like that, away from home. Oh, God, they and, were good. And we said it during the week. After that Melbourne game... To go down the yes. cattery and start like and that. And start well is all we wanted. We just wanted a positive start and we got it. They were bloody brilliant. Doherty said midweek, he said, we're going to respond. They went through with it. That was. Oh, oh no. That's, that's just. That's actually. That's creme. That's as good as it gets. Yeah. That is. That's. that's and, and you know what? You look at the Gold Coast last week. They had that big breakthrough yes, victory. We had to take a scalp. We had to not only win a game, it wasn't just about winning a game, it was about winning a big game. Make a statement. Make a statement. You've gone down the highway, and that's the hardest game you can get, the Cats Ah. in Geelong. All I can say is bring on the hub. Yeah, honestly, play us wherever you want. That was bloody brilliant. Yeah, I I don't even know where to go from here. No, uh, they were unbelievable. So many contributors. We'll get through, we'll We'll get get to them. Firstly, I want to go through a couple of little discussion points. Yeah. The first one being... Jack Silvani comes into the team. Yeah. Thoughts on his game? It wasn't one of his better games, but once Silvani's one of those players where he's really clever when he gets the ball. Uh, he's really... Uh, he just, you know... He, a lot of, his awareness, his spatial yeah, awareness is that, really good. That one handball yes. over the top. Yes, the I, know the, hand, I yeah. know the handball. The handball over the top was yes. brilliant. Brilliant. His one percenters. He often shepherds when other players yep. don't. He just missed that goal that would have iced the game late in the last quarter. I, I agree. That would have saved that us a couple That would have been icing on the cake. Yeah, I like Silvani in the team. He had, he only had nine possessions, but he makes things happen. No, nah, he does. He does. Williamson also came in. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't impressed, to be honest. I think Myers ran riot towards the end of the game, and yeah. he, was, he was the direct opponent. And I still don't think he can get away on Monday morning with that free kick he gave away in the first quarter on Selwood in nah, the goal square. That and, was ridiculous. Not only that, it was early second quarter. He kicks it straight down the guts. Geelong get the rebound, kick a goal. Oh, so was that him? That was We're him. trying to work out that who it was. Williamson. Okay, we're yeah, trying to work no. out who it was. So he's, he has hasn't had a great game, but look, give him another crack next week. See how he goes. First game back in a while for Tom Williams. I know, well. I know, I know, but you can't just don't lose your head. Yeah, we no, spoke I, about yeah. it last week. It's these little things that they just get. There so are a wrong. lot of people saying though that that was just a complete dive from Selwood. It doesn't matter. You know, he went out of his way in front of the umpire at the yeah. top of the goal square. We yeah, would, look, and we would have taken them into quarter time goalless. But now, oh, now, God. now, just brace yourself. Yeah, the magician, he's back. 
He's Yo. back, and we and we scrutinised him last week, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. That man. I'm being serious right now. I'm opening my laptop tomorrow morning and buying a Carlton Guernsey with the number 19 on I, the back. I'm opening. I'm opening this up. That was his best ever game in navy blue. Wow. I know he's had games where he's hit eight, but that's the game where he was actually the difference between winning and losing Hang tonight. On, he- he won us the game. He, I don't care what anyone not says. Not even the tackle. Early, he set up three goal assists in the third quarter. His first quarter, he kicked the first goal. He just he, he was in every scoring what chain. What about the moment on the half-forward flank with about five minutes to go? He thought, stuff this. I'm going in to help the team. The tackle was huge. Laid the ball out. Went back behind the play. Came back a couple minutes later. Another massive tackle. That could be the best 12-possession two-goal game I have ever seen. I yeah, feel like I, a Hawthorne fan watching Rioli. Oh, that was just unbelievable. He was unbelievable, yeah, That I, was vintage. So you had the four-goal assist, seven-score involvement. What did we trade goals, for him? The future fourth-round pick, was it? Oh, it made, and Adelaide's paying the salary. Adelaide paid That's for on that. Mark Rusciuto. <laughs> if you're listening, Mark Rusciuto, read and weep, baby. <laughs> three marks inside 50, two tackles, two clearances, three inside 50s. phenomenal bets. Oh, Rusciuto, they could have used a bit of that. Oh, they've week, got Ben Crocker playing this <laughs> and week. And Ben Keyes, the two Bens. No Eddie, but two Bens. Another player I really like, David Cunningham. He finds yes, space. He's handy. He bought up at the right time. He, he just, and once again, only nine possessions. The stats won't look good, but he just he comes when you need him. He does, and that's the thing. He finds space, and he and I he know just, he just creates a little. I think bit he's of com- he's comfortably in the twenty-two. Comfortably, comfortably, and he's never going to be a superstar. But no, but he's, he's just got to just play your role, yeah, son. Role player. It's what we need. Hang on, because, how, how? Hang on. Yeah, we've been recording for five and a half minutes. How is Mark Pitternick? Oh, Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. I'm going to insert a Pitbull stinger here for Mark Pitternick. Mr. Mr. Worldwide. Oh, Mark Pitternick. Oh, oh boy. What a sensational performance. How good is he below his knees? We spoke about it when we got him from the Hawks. We yep. said, is this guy just going to replace Phillips as a second ruckman and play out the rest of his career as the, as the backup? Or could he potentially be our future number well, one Well, there's ruckman? your future number one. That's our future number one. And you know what? It probably takes a little bit of weight off Tom DeConning's shoulders. Yep. Puts a little bit of pressure on him as well to now perform and earn his spot in the team because he's now the third man. And this guy's 24, and he's now 103 kegs, and I still think he's got a bit of room to fill out we're, as well. We're getting him for the prime of his career. Oh. And I'm being serious. If Cruiser was available, they'd play both. You can't drop well, it. And, and do you want to know who'd be in trouble if Cruiser was available? Big, Big Harry H. McKay. Big H, Big H, H yeah. would be in trouble. Yeah, we'll get to our bottom threes later in the show. But, you know, let's talk about H. The yeah. goal kicking. Uh, it's, it's, it's just a massive issue. It's, it's, it's a, it is an issue. So he had four shots on goal tonight. He went one goal, two, and one out on the full. Yeah. He, he needs to be kicking at at least 50%. He kicks... He just makes major errors, McKay. And I think the one thing with McKay last year, even when he wasn't, you know, kicking well, he was still getting up the ground and taking eight, nine marks a game and was still providing something. But he's he's actually of detriment to the team at the moment, as bad as that sounds. He, he's... I think he's struggling a bit being that number one forward. I know. And, but, uh, but hang but hang on, talking about our number one, Levi's better than it. Levi yeah, Levi's Levi awesome. is just oh This is the biggest turnaround of a career. Oh, he nine marks he took. Tonight, no, Levi. And two. Levi. He was he, he, he was out of Car- he was out of Carlton. He was gone. Yeah, seven score involvements, three marks inside fifty, five contestant grabs. He had the eight hitouts, the three inside fifties. He's just absolutely dominated. 
Sam Doherty was good. Oh, Doherty, oh, Doherty. We played the Cats, but let's be honest, we were the Cats tonight with the nine lives at the end of the game. Yeah. Oh, the, the goal oh, save the, on the, the line. The goal save on the line from Doherty. Gaz misses a kick that he's never missed in his life. And then the score the, review. The score review, Simpson touch. I'm telling you, we were the Cats I know, tonight. I know, we, I, I we know. We actually had it, nine it, lives. It, actually, it would have been frustrating from them, but that was it was hard to watch. Uh, and as well, Mark Murphy hits the scoreboard with two goals. Massive. And how... I still think... I know a lot of Carlton supporters, you know, are very critical of his possession but I think you know when the ball's in Murphy's hands something's going to happen it's in Mark Murphy he only had 11 touches tonight it makes things happen how Murph. many of them do you reckon were effective tell me 10 yeah there you go whenever he's he gets so the clean. footy he's clean he's neat and tidy um, speaking uh, yeah. of neat Jack Martin it's yeah, silk yeah oh he's he's yeah yeah he's, Jack, he's something else gee, what did we have to give up for him again we got up. him for free for free ridiculous ha <laughs> yeah I, yeah, Jack, and he was running through the midfield tonight, Martin. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah it's, no, he, he was silly. He just, was actually he silly. A, a, added another string to his bow tonight. You know, he played a great game without hitting the scoreboard. Now we said it last week on the podcast. We said Mitch McGovern. You're still a fan of him. I'm, I was never. I never wrote him off. Yeah. But I was off. I was off the board. I, I didn't. I didn't really like what I was seeing from What'd Mitch. What do you think tonight? Now this was exactly what I'm saying. He only had the five touches. But if you hit the scoreboard, that's all we want. And but it I notice him because he launches at packs. He no, he does. The... He does. He brings the ball down. I really think he's of value to Carlton McGovern. He kicks two goals, and that's what you want. And you know what? He did it last year, where he just kicks. He hits the scoreboard even when he doesn't have the best game. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought his first half was actually really good. But, you know, even he in the first get... quarter, he hadn't had a possession and bobbed up and kicked that massive goal from fifty. McGovern. Yeah. He. As yeah. I said, didn't get a lot of the ball, but hits the scoreboard. And tell you what, another man who was just. This guy in the midfield is fantastic. Michael Gibbons. Okay. We got him as well for free from Williamstown. Yep. Whenever they play him in the middle, he just creates. He does. And I think with Gibbons especially, uh, he, he is prone to errors. He is prone to uh, slaughter the ball a bit. Yep. But, you know, he does make things... You know, there was one moment... He makes where, things happen. He does. And, you know, he hit the scoreboard as well, didn't he? Yeah, he, yeah he, kicked, he, kicked, he kicked a big goal. Yeah, he kicked a big goal a against, very the, big against goal. the Tide. Yeah. He, um, nah, Gibbons in the midfield's a totally different kicked player. Kicked a huge goal in round two as well. Yes, he and, did. You're and right. In, and in round one, he wasn't great, but I tell you what, he's had two big games since then. Yeah, I mean, look. No, I can't, you can't fault Gibbons at the moment. No, you can't. He's doing his job. He's getting the football. He's getting his hands on it, which he is, is what we are. Exactly. Ed Kerno as well. I yeah, thought he, he played good. well tonight. He did. He just, just does his job. You know what his best play of the night was? There was a... F- in the... Third quarter, there was towards the end. There was a big fifty-fifty on the halfback flank where he, he paddled just... it to Walsh, yeah. and he paddles the ball. Vaguely. Then Walsh evades tackles and handballs back to Kerno, and that's when Gibbons Gibbons gets on yeah. the end of the yeah, goal. Yeah, 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 that yeah, little yeah, tap yeah. by Ed Kerno on the halfback flank. Yeah, now nah, Kerno Kerno is good, serviceable. Um, He's good. Once again, only fourteen. T- you don't. This is what I'm saying. You don't need big tallies to have an impact. But these guys were bloody awesome. Pittenet had 36 hitouts, by the way. Nah, he was imposing tonight, Pittenet. He was actually sensational. Look, we've spoken about all the good. There were a couple of negatives out of tonight's game as well. Well, should we do our best three before we move on to the negatives? Well, what we're going to do is we're going to move on to your segment. Do you have a Bolts bomb tonight? Or should we save it for next week? Yeah, we'll save it for next week. So I'm, yeah, I'm happy. No, I'm... Yeah, I don't think we need a bomb. No. We don't, we don't need one tonight. Maybe a Jaeger bomb. I'll just let you all or know. five. I'm on the way to Bolt's house after the game, and he gives me a ring. He goes, stop by the Thirsty Camel. I want a litre of Jaeger. And you know I got him a litre of Jaeger. He's bought the Red Bull. We're on. It's time to bring in our expert analyzer 
to rate the coach, we'll rate the players, and then we're going to go through how the Magoos went earlier today as well. Welcome to the show, John O'Baruch. Evening, lads. I've just spent the last 10 minutes in the bathroom looking at all my new grey hairs. I think I've <laughs> aged at least 20 or 30 years in that last quarter, but... Gee whiz, what a what a what a way to get twenty twenty up and rolling oh. you know, against Geelong. Honestly, down go down the highway, mate. It's a great show to get you on for the first time because it's come after a win. I mean, you're going to talk us through the Magoos. We've got the results already from that match. Should we quickly get straight into rating the coach yep. today? I'm keen to rate Dave. I don't really know what happened during the week or what they did differently or what they even did differently in the pregame, but you could just see right from the outset, you know, we were we were off and we were hitting bodies hard and we were really taking taking our chances. And I think it was a real clear directive from David Teague and the coaching staff that we really wanted to play that real precise kick mark game and we were really on and the kicking was the best I've seen it from a Carlton side in at least number of years. I haven't seen us use the ball that cleanly. I don't know what don't know if you guys Yeah, no, it was the, they were beautiful. It was it was clean. It was unrecognizable. No, it was brilliant. Should, should we so, well, I, with the coach, I've been saying the last two well definitely against Melbourne and even he's got the selection right two weeks in a row and he's gotten these matchups right. I think we've matched up the way we'd want to have yeah. matched up two weeks in a row. And I said last week I think the fast starts have to be attributed to the players rather than the coaching. Yeah. I agree. I think the coaching's fine, to be honest. I, I know we know the Carlton brand, and the Carlton brand's really good. Yeah, they, I, they look dangerous when they're on the burst. I really like Teague. All right, we're going to rate the coach, and we're going to say something that he did well, and then something that yeah. we probably, if there was anything we think he could have been done differently, we'll say that as well. So, yeah. Jono, do you want to kick us off? I'm going to give him a seven and a half out of ten. He gets points for mixing up the midfield mix, as we said, and from hearing a few different things around the traps and then seeing how our team landed on the Thursday night, it looked like we were going in way too tall. And the, there was talk of rain, there was talk about how Geelong was going to match up and the different weapons that Geelong had in their back half, you know, Hughes has a good record on any bets and including nullified in Tom Stewart, you know, a real dangerous weapon. And then you've got the likes of Harry Taylor and Mark Witzard who have been just staples and fantastic defenders so as much as yeah we needed to match up match up on the tallness i wasn't confident based on last week's game versus melbourne and the way that our setup had been for the first little bit of the year that it was going to necessarily be that so he gets points for that and the in you know credit to the players the forward line paid him back you know we had goals to all of McGovern, Mackay, Eddie Betts got involved. Gibbons, who's still rolling through, playing as small forward at times, got in, got involved. Cripps, when he went forward, there were a few shots missed, obviously. Teague also gets points for mixing it up in the middle. And, yeah. you know, it was going to be a long night if, say, you had Patrick Cripps, Mark Murphy, Ed Kerno at the first centre bounce. They win. They they win the stoppage, and they do, and it's just a procession from there, and you don't see it until yeah. But I thought tonight, you know, Martin spent time in the middle. Setterfield spent time in the middle, which I think is his natural spot. I don't know if you guys have spoken about well, that. He's, he's played more across the half back to start. Well, he's, he's played more across the half back, and they're trying to develop his outside game, and he's been playing a lot on the wing a lot earlier this year, but. 
from what I remember, he played his best footy as a junior on the inside. And he was recruited to the club to really compliment the likes of Cripps Kennedy when he was brought into the club to be another one of those inside bulls. And let's also remember, he's only still young in his AFL career. He had a he had his best performance for the year tonight for me, Will. He played very, very yeah, I'd, well. I'd, I'd agree with that. He was def. I mean, look, he didn't have much to go by. Round one, he wasn't great. And last week, he was he was good without being great. And I think tonight he was probably good without being great again. He, but gets, he, get, he gets his body in good areas, set of field. Yeah, I don't he, think he, I don't think it was his best game for the club. No, nah, but I, it was I, his best game no, this year. It was his best game this year. Best, best game this year. Oh, easily. To build on. Easily. All right, Bolt, give us your... Rate the coach out of 10. I'll be brief here. An 8. And I think the best thing we did was we never let Dangerfield get on top of the game. You know, we, oh, we, hit, him hard. we hit him hard. We wore him at stoppages. I just think our treatment of Dangerfield... Because Dangerfield usually goes to town on Carlton. No, he does. And he does. I, I thought the treatment on Dangerfield all night was awesome. Team effort. A Kurnow got... They all, they all got I into him. I loved the way David Teague used that Kurnow tonight. Yeah, same. Going, going from, he spent most of the night on Joel Selwood, who after last week you could tell he was going to be a handful. But he split his time between Selwood and Dangerfield. Should have... Probably gone to Mitch Duncan in that fourth quarter, but actually, he yeah, it's a good a point. Really solid, solid role. Good point you bring up um, there. Now, I'll quickly give my rating. I thought Teague, he gets an eight tonight, and it's probably stiff that he only gets an eight because if you're going down the highway and winning at the Cattery, you probably deserve at the bare minimum an eight. So he could have easily got a mm. nine or ten if we had played that last quarter out and won the game by three or four goals. He would have got the ten out of ten. Look, it was. It was as good as you're going to get from that list in the first three and a half quarters. I just feel towards the back end of the game, there could have been a few things that we could have done differently. And I feel like I I wanted to see a little bit of mongrel from Teague at the end there. I wanted to see him shouting into the phone. But at the same time, him remaining calm is just a massive asset. Because if if he would have gone berserk there... The team would have started no, shaking. It's all about man management these yeah. days, and you've got you know you need the you know the bloke at the top keeping his cool. Yeah, no, nah, so it was brilliant from Teague. Now, just it, something it just reinforced to me that for as great as tonight was, and don't get me wrong, it was a fantastic, fantastic win. You could mount the argument for that Geelong should have won and run completely over the top of us, but you can also mount the argument that hey, we shouldn't have let things get that way. So. But that comes down to belief as well. I think once you start believing that you can win these games, and this is this goes back to Bolton last year, where we got close over and over again without winning because they, I don't, I don't think they truly believed. No, Whereas you I come out it's, tonight, it's very important that after last week they had another situation where it was exactly, very similar that's and won. That's what I was about won. to say. Tonight was the same situation as last week, but we got the opposite result, and that's what we wanted. And actually, yeah, I just think the fact that they could believe and they could actually get a bit of a winning mentality now instilled into the group. That's very, very important going and forward. Don't un- and don't underestimate what winning there will do to this group Huge. and for the rest of the competition. You know, not you have to be a really, really good team to beat Geelong and Geelong. You know, forget about the fact that there wasn't a crowd there and, you know, riding them home and being feral towards the umpires and everything like that. That is a massive result in the context of this competition. Let's review the players, Jono. We're going to go straight into our top three and bottom three from the game. So, Bolt, do you want to kick us off? We'll go with our top three to start off with. Yep, I'll go quick. Best Um, on the ground. I thought our best player, Patrick Cripps, he's a marvel through the middle. You know, big body when we needed him. He makes things happen. He kicked a couple goals as well. Just a huge all-round performance from Cripps. Um, He gets a nine. 
Betts was unbelievable as well tonight. That's yeah. as good as Eddie's played in Navy Blue. And he only kicked two goals. But just everything he did around the ground, he gets a nine. And I thought, and this could have gone to a lot of plays, but I thought Doherty, a cool, calm, collected head behind the ball, sets up the play. He gets it, you know, he makes a couple blues, but that's what happens when you get it 50,000 times. And, you know, yeah, Doherty was awesome for me. He gets an eight. All right, Jono, who are your top three from tonight's win? I think we're fairly we're fairly aligned on that. I gave Eddie Betts a nine out of ten. I mean, he was just everything and more what we needed, and he had a pretty rotten week last week and a very tough, you know, first game back at the club. And you know, learning learning the circumstances, it's pretty easy to understand why. So, I think everyone was just thrilled for him that he had the game that he had and you know a couple of goals set up a few more a massive 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 tackle which is gonna be replayed and spoken about in the same breath as Fraser Brown which was because it was just that big a little bit of exactly what your dad said (laughs) it's exactly what has his dad said it it was unbelievable just the the feeling when he laid the tackle (laughs) oh it was it was like it was like safety it was like someone pressed the eject button on the couch and it got me up (laughs) yeah so he he gets nine out of ten for me patrick cripps the man mounds and he gets nine out of ten for me just another exceptional performance from the big man is just really really doing everything that he can to carry this team with him and it's just Unbelievable! I think we might find it might be Cripps versus Lockie Neal on Brownlow Medal Night, going toe oh, to toe. I think he did himself no harm in putting himself right in the votes tonight. And the other no person harm. I'm giving I'm giving a lot of love to is our third best player on the ground. He gets an eight out of ten. Mark Pinnett, yes, yeah. Mister Worldwide, bloody sensational, Mister World, Worldwide. Um, it was unbelievable. Is the six quarters that is. Has played eight quarters for Carlton, and six of them, I think, has been our most influential player on the ground. He That's a fair was call. One yeah. of the, he was one of the main last week against Melbourne. He was one of the main drivers, and was really willing to just crack in against Gorn and that hard midfield, underratedly smooth and clean below his knees, which is something that That's exactly what has. Hey, said. I know, I know, he's awesome. The best ruck, the best ruckman in the game can do. So I gave him an eight out of ten. I thought he was absolutely fantastic and now all of a sudden you look at it okay yeah you've got Cruiser coming towards the end but you've got Kidnet in there Tom DeConning played and got through in the Magoos today and he's your young developing Ruckman now I was was actually going to say John I'm sorry to interrupt you I was going to say when we brought over Pidinet, we weren't sure if we were just getting a replacement of our second you know fiddle Ruck in Phillips or if we were actually getting someone who could potentially be the future number one I think he told us tonight, you know, I'm putting my hand up. No, I'm very confident in the playing ability of Mark Pittenet. Number one, spending that time in at Hawthorne can't be undersold. And from what I've heard and from what I've been told, Clarko was very, very upset to lose Mark Pittenet. He really didn't want to let him go. So I think we've got a really, really good one there. And again, you know, his drive and his ability to get himself into... Great positions. He took Ray Stanley to the cleanest the tonight. Cleanest. He was fantastic. Got himself in the right positions. Filled the hole. Was really, really one of our better players on the ground. And the other one that I really want to throw some some love towards. I know we're looking for the top three, but I've got to give Michael Gibbon some love. His game was phenomenal. Deservingly should feature in some votes from the coaches. I just thought he played a very good game and had to be mentioned in the same breath as... 
our top three. I was thinking, do I give Eddie a 10? Do I give him a 9? I've gone with the 9. Now, the only reason I didn't give him a 10, I, I thought he probably... His scope for better. I was going to say... Scoreboard-wise. I was going to say, if he kicks 4 or 5, that's where he gets a 10. Um, but that was just... That was just, as Bolt said, that's almost as good as we've seen of him in navy blue. He was brilliant all day. I thought in that last quarter, a lot of our players gassed out, and there were a very small handful who didn't. Doherty being one, Betts being one, Pittenet being the other. I thought Cripps is still influential. But yeah, that, that's what I'm looking for, is the players who stand up when the others are gassed out. And certainly Eddie and that, Betts, and Eddie Betts saved Eddie. the day. That's why we brought Eddie to the club. We want we wanted someone like Eddie to come along and be that guy in the in this inexperienced team and just go, boys. This is what you have to do when the going gets tough. No, I completely you know, this agree. This is him really leading by example, and it's one of the main reasons why we got him over. All right, second up for me, also getting a nine out of ten, was the skipper Cripper. He was just unbelievable. That was just that was a Superman like oh, performance. He's a gun. He, I don't even think there's anything more that needs to be said. You guys have covered it. The third man that's also going to get a 9 out of 10 is The Pit, the Mr. Worldwide, Mark Pittenet. Just brilliant. We've spoken about him. Unbelievable. And I want to give a special mention to this man. Now, you mentioned Doherty. Jono, you mentioned Gibbons. I want to mention the great Levi. He was yes. just... Just tremendous. He, and I have said this for so long. He is easily one of our most valuable and important players purely based on the fact that he can play anywhere and not only can he play anywhere he just plays his role he just he's consistent he's important and if he goes out of this team it's an enormous loss so Levi gets we live in a strange time don't we look he gets an 8 out of 10 for me tonight he was just just spectacular he was the first player out the door he was going to Richmond at, at the yeah, he was the first well, player I think out he was the going door to the Richmond the Reserves last, last year. He was gone, and now we can't see a team without him. He's nah. just become... I, I just can't believe it. Hey, he's right. vital. And I couldn't be more thrilled for him, too. He's a Carlson man through and through, and he's just turned his career around. It's been amazing. Got lauded on the coverage by Jared Healy, too, which is... Yep. Thank Fantastic you, Jared. to yeah. get a good, we to love get a you, good Jared. golden word out of Jared. Bolt, bottom three... And some ratings. Right. I know. It's, I know. This isn't the most positive thing, but we're going to do it. We need. You know, this. We got to it's keep more, balance. It's more a nudge. It's a yeah. nudge. A room for improvement. We've got to be realistic here. It's for, not... for, for me, it's usually a hip and shoulder rather yeah. than a nudge. <laughs> it's, it's 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 a bit of a come on, come on, guys. Let's let's get back up on All the right. horse. No, we've got right. to keep it balanced. So, uh, yeah, for me, McKay was. Yeah. McKay, he's got the yips. Really shallow kicking going inside. He's too, it's just too costly at the moment from H. He's just not kicking through the footy. He's not. He gets a two for me. A two, okay. Yeah. Tom Williamson, I know it was his first game in a while, but he lost his head a bit, Williamson. I think he was a little bit flustered when the game got really close to late and the ball gets hit in the deck. Well. He gets a three for me. Now, I've been shown feedback on Twitter, and I think I'm going to have a lot of explaining to do during the week. So... At Harrison Hyman's, tweet me in response to this because I'm very keen to go head to head on this one. But Lockie Plowman, after half time, it was really hard to watch. Rowan had some big moments on him, and he just loses his head a bit. Plowman, 
He he just he just makes massive errors, and sometimes it's not even foot it's foot skills. It's just like overcommitting. It's you know getting lost in the air. He just for me it's a three for Plowman. He mm-hmm. uh, he just he really does my head in a bit. I thought I, and I actually wrote in the WhatsApp group the three of us are in. Plowman had one of his, at quarter time. He had one of his best quarters. You know, I've seen of him in a while, but after he just—it was just so costly when he the onslaught started. In three up until halftime. Yeah, it's for, just for you know time. when the going got tough, Plowman really struggled. Like he, yeah. He, so, so can I just ask? Did you think Nunes played a better game than Plowman? Well, I'm going to give Nunes a three as well, but I just wanted to give my opinion on Plowman. Very fair, Jono. Give us your bottom three and tell us how they can improve. Well, I'm fairly similar in terms of H and Willow being in our in our bottom six and particularly in our bottom three, I think we've, we've covered it. You know, there I'll, I'll cut Tom Williamson some slack. It was his first game back in a bloody long time and he's still a very young player in the scheme of things. Laid a couple of big tackles, particularly when we were on top end. Look, hope, hopefully it's a step in the right direction and he learns from it. Um, Williamson is getting a four. Harry Mackay is getting a three. Harry Mackay is only getting a three because, like Mitch McGovern and Levi Casbold, he was actually catching them in the forward line this week. Like he wasn't doing them. Like he, he, wasn't he hit doing the scoreboard as well, to be fair. Now, the one that I'm putting in my bottom three, and I might get a bit of hate from this as well, so um, I might need to get some lessons from you, Baldus, to how to deal with it. But I'm giving... Sam Petrusky Seaton A5. Yeah, I don't mind it. I didn't like his game. I couldn't really see where he was for most of the night. He was matching up sometimes on Myers, sometimes on Ablett, really given that role as that second small defender behind Plowman. And Geelong Smalls, when they started running on Muck, really got on top. And, you know, you mentioned Jed players that, were absolutely gassed in that fourth quarter. He was one of them, and he just... No, I, I do agree with you there. He, he couldn't run towards the end of the game. You know, it's still a lovely player across half-back. I'd love to see him get back into the midfield and produce that game like he did against the Western Bulldogs last year because I don't think he's capable of it. We all know he's definitely capable of it. Just to stop you there, so you think... Sam Petrovsky Seedon's best football is still to come, but in the midfield, not mm. off the half back. Oh, hundred percent. So, so you don't see him. You don't see him being a half back flank for the rest of his career. You see him, you know, going back into the middle. Well, if we get if we get Caleb Marchbank right, who's a half backer, you know, intercept player. You got Sam Doherty playing off the half back flank. Nick Newman, Tom Williamson. You can't fit all these guys into a back six or back seven. In Sam Petrovsky Seedon's is too good to leave, to leave out of the team. He's probably one of, if not the best, field kick at the club. You need players like that playing forward of centre, not just setting up the ground. I think he's definitely going to find his way back into the midfield, and hopefully it's sooner rather than later because it's that extra class and polish that we really still need moving forward. Fair enough. I'm going to quickly go through my bottom three from the day it's very similar to you guys, if not the exact same. So Tom Williamson gets a three for mine. And yeah, as Bolt said, he just lost his head and got a little bit flustered at times. But look, first game in a while, I'm prepared to cut him a little bit of slack. And I want to see him out there again next week and see how he responds. Big H, he also gets a three. Needs to be better in front of goal. But there was massive scope for him tonight. He was he was one and two in front of goals and then the one out on the full. 
if he kicks four tonight, we're probably speaking of him in a completely different light. So, look, there's a bit of scope there to improve. And it's just so frustrating because we've seen Harry's best. The other one, who I'm surprised hasn't got a mention, was Nunzi. I'm not saying he was our worst player because he probably wasn't. Better than last week. Well, he was better than last week, but I just don't think he got involved enough. And I think when the ball did come his way, he wasn't particularly clean with it, wasn't the best decision maker. And I'd still really like to see Sam Philp come into the team for Nunes. I mean, I think Nunes has now had three games to prove his worth. He probably hasn't proven his worth. So Philp was brilliant again today in the Magoos. So I'd like to see him come in. Just on the Magoos, Jono, we brought you in. You're going to talk to us about how they went today. Run us through, did they get up and who played well? Well, I don't know if they got up. I don't think many clubs are posting the actual results of their That's fair. I think, I think it was a 16 and, on 16 anyway. There so. was a 16 on 16 played over um, four 20-minute time periods. So Geelong had three on the bench, which they rotated through while all of Carlton's players were spending the entirety of, on, of time on the ground, which is what happened last week as well. It was Tom DeConning's first run back from injury, uh, he did that ankle injury just on return from the COVID layoff, so it was great to get him back and get him through unscathed. Matthew Candy and Sam Philp were among Carlton's best of field. Candy using a strong body both up forward and in the middle of the ground working on the inside. Sam Philp, as you spoke about, Jed, was 100% Carlton's best player on the ground, and for mine, he has to come in next week. We just need someone with extra speed, extra polish, someone who really wants to get in there and compete. No, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I just want to quickly run through the names and then you can run through how they went. So also in action alongside DeConning, Philp and Kennedy were Lockie O'Brien, Maddie Cottrell, Darcy Lang, Josh Honey, who I want to talk about a lot, Matt Owies, Liam Stocker, Fraser Phillips, Hugh Goddard, Cam Polson, Ben Silvani, Finn O'Dwyer and Sam Ramsey. John O. Josh Honey, a lot of Carlton fans wouldn't know a lot about him. He was an emergency for tonight's clash against the Cats. Is he close to selection, and what type of a player yeah. can we expect I, I to see to in, Josh, in Josh Honey? Give us give us a um, comparison to an AFL player. Oh, Honey, Honey. Well, we were... <laughs> we were sh- <laughs> I can't believe you guys. I've never thought of that. But if we were shattered about missing out on Tom Papley in the trade period... We always lamented Soss for not finding a diamond in the rough in the rookie draft, but I think Josh Honey might have been everything that we needed. You know, he's a well-built, small, quick player who plays that mid-forward role, can run in, get involved. Now, he didn't kick any goals today. You come into the club as a rookie, and after two games, you're, you're in the squad of 26 that's in contention, so he must be close. And from reading... The coach's report that was published online today, and we'll wait to hear Daniel O'Keefe's words later in the week, but he must be getting a little bit closer. I think he's still a number of weeks away. I think Sam Philp will be the first yep. deb- debutante of the 18-year-olds that you see this year. But if he keeps showing form like he has and he keeps getting good reviews, then I think we'll see him I think we'll see him a lot sooner sooner than we all first thought. And all it will do is will just add another dimension to our forward line, and no, I, really I, I couldn't look, agree more. Look at, some, look at something and someone that potentially is like, hang on a minute, we might might have another little player here that's 
clever. So actually, I'm really happy you compared him to Tom Papley because I was actually that was the perfect comparison for mine. He's he's very dynamic in front of goal in the forward line, and what I noticed about him is his body size. He's AFL ready. He's he's come in. He's not skin and bones. He's not he's not a twig as some of those small forwards are when they first come into the to the system. He's got a body that's AFL ready. I actually think we're going to see him quite a bit this year, probably towards the back end of the year, though, when we have injuries. But still, he's not the worst depth. And probably now, I'd have him ahead of Darcy Lang in the yeah. pecking order oh, to come in. Well, we'll, well, we'll, we'll see. Well, his mum was a decathlete. His sister's a netballer, and he's a footballer. So he comes you, from a pretty... You sound like Dwayne Russell, family, don't you? So it's, <laughs> he's, got, he's got very, very good pedigree there. So he's... As you said, built is built like a bit of a brick. He's got an AFL body. He's quick in. He can use the pill too. So look, I'm looking. Much. I'm looking forward to seeing how he goes. And you did mention he didn't kick any goals today, but I'd assume he'd probably be playing a lot more in the midfield due to the fact that we had no one on the bench. And they did mention in the match report that he did run through the midfield more than he did mm-hmm. last week. Just quickly, Jono, two players in particular I want to touch on: Lockie O'Brien and Liam Stocker. Where are they at? Are they close to selection? And how are they tracking? Well, this is something that I mentioned I was going to bring up with you guys before, and I'm going to pose a question to you now. When we drafted Jack Nunes to the club, I wasn't 100% against it. I questioned it, but I wasn't 100% against, against it. But the question I constantly ask myself off the back of the end of last year's form and going into the way that we want to develop this team who would you rather see playing in the AFL side on the wing, Jack Nunes or Lockie O'Brien? Lockie O'Brien for me. Yeah, it's an easy answer. It's Lockie O'Brien for mm. me as well. So I'm not sure why we've got Lockie O'Brien running around in the reserves. Now, granted, he didn't play any of the JLT matches and he only played half of that scratch match against Collingwood really early in the piece. So I can understand why they didn't pick him round one. But I think if he's been available, you definitely want to prioritise the future and the future of this football Look, club. And can can I be honest? I want to interrupt you because I do agree with you, but I'm, I'm also of the impression that we can't just be giving out games. And we said it last year, it felt like no matter how Paddy Dow played last year, he was a guarantee for the 22. I know he got dropped later in the year, but it just felt like no matter how he was playing, his spot was just locked in. And that's not something we want to see with the youngsters. Particularly this year, Jed, where do you think the best place to develop a player is at AFL level. And if you saw well, the end you're, of last right, year, you're we right in that. saying that, is a fair that, point. that was some of the best footy that Lockie O'Brien had played. He's got a fair point. He does have a fair point. Liam Stocker, how's he tracking? I'm not actually sure. And I've seen different people, you know, bob up on the Twitter sphere about this and saying how they'd love to get to a game or a training session just to actually see how it's going. You know, I'm under the impression that he would have spent most of the year in the VFL this year anyway, building on his game, building on his tank, building on his disposal, which is pretty good already. But, you know, it just goes up another level once you get to the top the top level. So I think he'll crack in for a few games towards the end of the year. But I think we're, we're an impatient bunch as Carlton fans and yep. fans and you know the whole history with the trade and we just want to see him in the AFL side and playing good footy and not just you know playing and bang bang the door down at the VF, at VFL level but there's a lot of good 
thought and in what you said before about Lockie O'Brien, Jed, you know, do we want to just give people games when they're not ready for it? That's what we did a lot with Wiedering early and Dow early and Petrovsky seats and early and we're not about that anymore. We can't be about that anymore. Yeah, we've been putting out the fourth oldest team on the park the last couple of weeks, but we're doing that because, number one, we want to try get results, and number two, these youngsters really need to earn their keep and they need to play good football and then they need to come into the top level and continue playing good football. I'll just quickly run through the goals. Lang kicked three, Matt Owies kicked three. I think he'll probably get a crack as well this year, Matt Owies. He deserves it. He's been toiling away in the twos for a while now and O'Brien kicked two, Philp kicked two, Kennedy, O'Dwyer and Stocker kicked one each. Now, changes for next week. What are we thinking? Fisher, does he come straight back in or does he have to go through the twos? I, I think if Fisher's ready, he comes in for Nunes and that's about it for me. So, so Fisher over Philp? Well, yeah, I think if Fisher's ready, he'll play. If not, I'd like to see Philp for Nunes. Fisher's in our best 22 players. There's no doubt about that. I'd like to see him get a little bit of a run around, just particularly if he's had such a long layoff and especially, you know, with an ankle. Who knows if we actually have a game next week with the whole... Connor McKenna and Essendon COVID thing. So that's another big thing to keep a watch on, particularly early in the week. But otherwise, yeah, if Fisher's ready, he'll come back in. Otherwise, I'd really love to see them pick Sam Phil. So the predicted changes from next week on our end is Fisher in for Nunes. And if Fisher's unavailable, you'd assume that Phil takes that spot. Williamson probably holds his spot and yep. you don't see H going anywhere. So... Look, it's going to be very interesting during the week to see. Let's hope the boys get through training without any injuries because that team is well and truly good enough to what get a result night. next week. Yeah, I mean, what a night. What <laughs> was... a night. Life is always better when you're winning. Couldn't it agree is. more. Jono, thank you so much for coming on the Blues Footy Podcast. We appreciate you taking the time out to join us tonight and look forward to catching up in the future. No worries, boys. Up the baggers. Up the blue boys. Well, Blue Baggers, that's all we've got for you tonight. Just enjoy this week. That was an absolute classic. We get over the line. We go down the highway and get the result. You couldn't ask for any more. Enjoy the week. Crack open a bottle of champagne. Sit down on the couch. Have a beer. And go the Blues! been playing against the famous old dark blue.